coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. How many times have you cheated on her in eight years? Uh, eight times, and then never again after that. I've decided it's time that, you know, I confess this to her, regardless of which way it goes. I'll tell you this, what you did was stupid, and it was selfish, and it was hurtful, and you know that. So I'm not gonna applaud you for what you did, but I'm gonna applaud you for what you're doing. What's up, what's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee, except we're not live. And I'm actually in a suburb of Nashville, so in Franklin. So most of the things I just said at the intro were not true, but this is the John Deloney Show, talking about mental health, marriage, parenting, relationships, all the stuff. Uh, back to school time, everything. And uh, we are excited that you're, I'm excited, man. I'm just, I'm just excited. That's kind of a dramatic. I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful that um, you all keep showing up and listening, telling your friends. Uh, if you want to be on the show, give me a buzz. 1-844-693-3291. It's 1-844-693-3291. Or go to com slash ask. A-S-K. Um, all right, let's go to Steve-O. Steve in Charleston, South Carolina. What's up, Steve? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? I can. How are you doing today? Outstanding, man. You're not from the southern United uh, States, are you? What's that? You're not from the southern United States, are you? I'm not originally. Man, you've picked it up. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I, I still talk like a Texan. I'm trying to I'm trying to get it out of there. Hey, so what's up, man? How can I help? Oh, it's kind of the first time I'm ever saying it out loud, so just bear with me for a minute. You got um, it. You got it. So in the beginning part of the relationship between me and my current wife, uh, I was unfaithful. And uh, at one point, I ended up leaving because I accepted the fact that I was never going to tell her. And I was just going to hold it in and and just never break her with that. And I just let the guilt make me leave the relationship. Um, later on down the line, I made another selfish act of coming back in um, with the illusion that as long as I am the man that I intend to be and plan to be and want to be for her, um, that this could just be a dark secret that gets hidden. And here we are years later and it's uh, eaten away at me and I've decided it's time that, you know, I confess this to her regardless of which way it goes. Um, and I was just wondering some tips on how I can best convey this to her and support her during this hard conversation. Mm. Um, one, thanks for saying it out loud, man. Thanks for saying it out loud. Thank you. Um, I'm the first person you ever told that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm it reading all came around because of your show too. <laughs> uh, I started listening to you a few weeks ago and, and, uh, it started eating up and eating up and firing up and firing up inside of me. And I, I finally realized that I can't be who I want to be holding this secret in. Yeah. And it's also kept you from being the person you've wanted to be all the time in the past too, right? Just find yourself here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm reading between the lines here. Um, did you cheat on her where you were dating too? Like you, yeah. you let you didn't leave your it marriage, was, right? It was, per, it was pretty much from. 
from the point where we started dating to uh, up until I left years ago. Okay. And when you say you left, does that mean you just broke up with her while y'all were dating or you left your marriage? Marriage. Okay. Um, how long have y'all been married? Uh, I mean, since we were 18. Not super helpful because I don't know how old you are now. Oh, uh, sorry. About uh, seven, eight years. Okay. How many times have Six, you cheated seven. on her in eight years? Uh, in the first three, uh, eight times, and then never again after that. So in the first three years, was the same person? No. Tell me about people you're cheating with. Uh, I mean, was it people you work with, girlfriends, people from Craigslist? Uh, people that on occasion that I went to high school with, um, and then just random people you meet over the internet. Okay. What happened three years ago that you said no more and you've gone five years from uh, violating your marriage? Uh, I realized that, you know, those actions were part of a, were being selfish of me and, and just kind of feeding into a selfish behavior that I've had for a while and I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy being selfish, every bit of it came with guilt, but mm -hmm. I couldn't seem to keep myself on the straight path and the illusion of not seeing, not ever having this girl again and losing the opportunity to have a family with her. Uh, it kind of just made me think that I can hide this secret and continue on the straight and narrow and it would be like it never was. And never happened. So we'll, here I am. <laughs> well, it's not. we'll get to how do you tell? Okay, there's an important there's an important yeah. way to do that, a right way to do that, and there's a couple of terrible wrong ways to do it. Here's my concern. Your reason for quitting cheating on your wife is still utterly selfish. You have not. You've you don't want to blow this with her. You want to have a family with her. You want to stop feeling guilty. And what I haven't heard from you is I destroyed the life of somebody that I love. And there's an empathy. There's a submission. There's a taking a knee. While somebody sits above you and saying, I'm sorry because I've just thrown a grenade in everything you think you know. And I don't hear that in you. I may have, I mean, maybe it's the first time I'm saying it because that's what's in my mind. Okay, is, okay. Uh, that's why, you know, it hasn't occurred again. And that's why I've gotten to the point of feeling as if I need to confess about this because I, I mean, everything we've built and the person that she thinks she's with is, is wrapped around an entire lie that would change everything from, you know, our whole entire relationship. Okay. So here's, here's kind of the mechanics moving forward. Okay. I want you to think of this. Um, the, the way I was trained to do death notifications by Dr. Andy Young. This guy's a super important man to me. Uh, brilliant man. 
gave me the line, facts are your friends when you're having hard conversations. I've also been a part of having to let employees go, um, having to tell people that their kids have passed away. Like, like my whole career has been hard conversations and I did it wrong for a long time. And until Dr. Young gave me some pretty clear guidance. I'm going to pass that guidance from him through me onto you, okay? What's about to happen is the death of her life, okay? You're about to put a period at the end of everything she thinks she knows, and there'll be a before and after in her life, okay? Why am I telling you that? I want you to treat it that way. And when you treat it that way, facts are your friends. So here's what that means. Talk way less than you think you need to. The moment you sit down and say, this is a heavy conversation, her heart's going to start beating fast and she's going to have some idea because you did leave at some point, right? Yes. Um, is there any chance she knows about this and has chosen to not think about it? Uh, I think so. I okay. feel as if there's not a hundred percent trust there. Um, and we're kind of just in a charade yep. that she pretends to believe me mm -hmm. um, because when I came back, she, you know, she hasn't had any inklings. So she chose kind of the forget the past, but that doesn't also give me her full trust. A lot of times people will, Which yeah, completely they, undeserving. <laughs> and, and well, in the same way that you buried part of your life, she's buried part of hers so that we can maintain and just keep heading forward. Mm -hmm. Right. And we think that, if we uncover this, it's going to be worse. And what you find out over time is, no, the longer that secret stays buried, the more those secrets are become infected, right? Um, and then it becomes less about you cheated on me, which is huge. You cheated on me multiple times. You made me unsafe. You slept with people off the internet and made me unsafe. Two, was Christmas even real? Was Thanksgiving, right? So it, 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 be, it begins to erode everything, right? So- yeah. Um, talk way less than you think. Be very specific and very clear. What do I mean by that? Um, not, um, I just, there were some times when I experienced unfaithfulness. No. When we were dating on seven different occasions, I cheated on you. I had sex with other people. Then we were married the first three years of our marriage. I had sex with eight different people or I had sex with four different people, two times each. I have not slept with anybody else. I've not cheated on you either physically or emotionally in eight years, I mean, in five years. Do you see what I'm saying? That's specific. And then there's a period at the end of that sentence. Not, and I know it's going to break your heart. And I, cause here's the thing. All the explaining, all of the, she is going to be in full fight or flight. Her ability to process and rationally think through and let's talk, that will be over. It will be about survival. Okay. So that's number one. Um, number two, do not lie. Tell all of the truth. Okay. If we're going to go there, sure. let's, let's just go there. Is there a chance that any of these people were her friends or something that's going to be even more explosive on top of the already explosive? No. Uh, okay. Just, nope. Okay. Um, okay, so don't lie. And number three, here's what I did. 
Here's what I'm doing. And I'm at your mercy now. Okay. She gets to speak into what healing will look like if there's going to be healing. Okay. So here's what I did. I cheated on you, period. Here's what I'm doing now. Haven't done anything for five years. I don't have Facebook anymore. I deleted Instagram because I'm not talking to people on the internet. Here's the steps I've taken. And I, number three, I know I've hurt you deeply. And I know it's going to take time for us to heal. And what I can tell you is I'm sorry and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. That's the last thing I'm going to say. Okay. And she might say, why, what happened, what was going on? I think it's important in that moment to say, I want to stay in this conversation and not go back yet. I'm sorry. I violated our marriage. I'm sorry. You deserved better than that. And I'm sorry. And I've made steps that it will never happen again, but I know I've got a long way to go. I want you to keep bringing it back to the present, back to the present, back to the present. Okay. Okay. Here's the last thing I'll tell you. Uh, I, I, I say we're in the John Wick um, generation of people who watch a lot of movies and they're like, if, dude, if that ever happened to me, you know what I would do? And I always laugh and I'm like, you have no idea what you would do. <laughs> right? Like if that bad guy came in here and started shooting, you know what I would do? You, you would probably, 98% of the world would duck and run. And that's not a bad thing. You would duck and run, right? Um, you, you have no idea what her response will be, even though you have played it out in your head. And I want you to be at peace with the immediate reaction and then understand this is going to unfold for a while, okay? What that means is this. She might say, get out, get out. And I think the wise thing to do would be to stand up and say, I love you, I'm sorry. And maybe you have a letter written and you put it right down there and then you leave, okay? She may want to talk and talk and talk and talk. I think that's not super wise, but also some people just process that way. Like I said, keep bringing it back to the present, back to the present, back to the present. If you take a break, let's take a 30-minute break. Let's take an hour break, and then we can talk about the past. Um, that may be a wise thing to do. And then you can kind of talk, start talking about other things. But she may tell you to get out, and she may file for divorce Monday. And she may tell you to get out and she doesn't want to talk to you. She won't return your text, won't return your calls. And then she'll call you back in a week. Or she may say, man, Steve, I knew this. I knew. I knew. And now you'll have some healing to begin, right? Or she may say, I'm not leaving you. You're not getting rid of me, but we've got a lot, right? You see what I'm saying? You have no idea what the response is going to be, even though you think you know it's going to be. Are you at peace with that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's a good answer, actually. It's, <laughs> it's a great answer. It's something that I've accepted that I will have to deal with, you know, because it's the consequence of my actions. Um, okay. So yes and no. Dude, that's some, that's some brave ownership there. Where'd you learn that? Because that's new for you. Just, uh, I mean, a lot of it probably came from listening to these last few weeks and really reflecting back on my life um, and realizing a lot of the hurtful things that I've done that, you know, I can't, can't take back, but can own up to them now and, and move forward being the person that I want to be. It's awesome. I mean, that, that literally is the only step you got, right? Is to own what happened and then move on. Um, do not 
Don't, 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 please. I'm smiling right now. Don't do this. Don't say, hey, I've been listening to this podcast for the last few weeks (laughs) and I realize I need to tell you something. Because what that will do is that will diminish the last eight years of deception into, well, this guy I listened to, you told right? Um, yeah. This will be, and remember what I said earlier, the more you talk about you and what you've been experiencing, it diminishes the apology. It diminishes this moment because this moment's going to be about her. Right? This, this coming clean is going to be about her. You're going to benefit from it, right? You're going to walk taller and you're going to sleep deeper than you have in a while, but you might be doing it on a friend's couch. Um, are you prepared for her just to say, get out and file for divorce? Uh, it terrifies me, but of course, you know, I, it's a possibility that, okay. like I said, I just have to accept is a possibility. And what, what do you think she's going to say? I don't know. Um, I have two versions in my mind. The, the, you know, like you said, I knew. Mm -hmm. I didn't fully know, but I know now. And, you know, how do we move forward? And then the (laughs) other is... That's your fantasy response, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then the more realism comes down to, you know, maybe not kicking me out, but we need to figure out, you know, what the next steps are for this to end. I just, you have this like fantasy. She's gonna be like, go get some beers and some enchiladas and we're gonna talk about this and we'll figure it out. <laughs> right? Probably not. Hey, dude. we've got a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I'll tell you this. What you did was stupid and it was selfish and it was hurtful and you know that, right? I agree. Yes, sir. Um, what you're doing now is brave and honest and you're heading off into uncharted water. And, um, so I'm not going to applaud you for what you did, but I'm going to applaud you for what you're doing. Okay. Um, that's a brave, I'm proud of you. I've come to believe over the last five or six years, especially last three or four of my own marriage secrets kill, they destroy everything. And then as I've looked at the physiology and biology of secrets, they're so destructive. And so I think you're wise. I think you're wise for your personal health, your relationship, if your marriage, and most importantly for that sweet woman that you're married to. Um, also, dude, I make no illusions about relationships have two people, two players. Okay. The time for, yeah, but you, and I'll, that will come in counseling on the back end of this. Okay. This will be about you taking ownership of what you've done. Um, have you read my new book? I have not. Okay, hang on the line. I'm going to send you a free copy, okay? And ironically, the name of the book is Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and that's you, right? (laughs) Yes, sir. Like, here's where we are, and I got to own what happened, and then we got to make some plans for moving forward. Um, Will you do me a favor and reach out to me when this, when, when, and let me know how it goes? Yes, sir. I will. Okay. Um, I, you know what? I'm thinking here as, as I'm about to hang up here, but I think it would be wise to handwrite a letter and put it in an envelope and seal it. And um, give it to her because she's going to go into fight or flight when you tell her this stuff. And um, when people should the letter be just like just basically what I would be saying to her out loud. Nope. This is the letter is more I love you and I screwed up. It's going to be less specific. You don't need to say in the letter I I did I had sex with eight different people. You don't need to say that. 
mm-hmm. say, I understand that it hurts you deeply. And I understand that you're going to feel like you're crazy. And you're going to feel like the last eight years of your life have been a lie. The last 10 or 12 years of your life have been a lie. And while it all hasn't been a lie, I do understand it. And that you'll go to your grave um, heartbroken that you broke her heart. And that you're asking for her forgiveness and you're willing to do what it takes to move forward together. Okay. Um, but there's something tangible about it. And that way she can feel it and see it and read it again and read it again and read it again. There won't be an excuse thing. It won't be a, well, I just did this. None of that. It's going to take full ownership, but it's letting her know I love you. And I'm willing to do what it takes to move forward. Are you willing to do what it takes? I don't put words in your mouth. Yes, sir. Okay. That's that's what I I hear that in your voice. Um, Brother, I'm proud of you. And you got some hard, hard, hard uh, steps to take. And it's going to get way worse before it gets better. Um, but I'm proud of you. And you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. Uh, holler back at me. Let me know how this conversation goes. And we will be thinking about you. Talk way less than you think. Facts are your friends. Do not lie. Ask her how you can participate in her healing if she'll have you. And be prepared for this thing to get way off the rails. Way off the rails. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Let's go out to... Kate, across the border in Ontario. What's up, Kate? Hey, Dr. John. Thank you so much for taking my call. Of course. What's up? Well, I called into the Ramsey Show in June, and I talked to Dave and Rachel. During that call, some boundary issues I have with my parents came up, and at the end of that call, Rachel suggested I dial up Deloney, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> there it is. Once again, I'm bailing out Rachel, because I'm just kidding. Love it. <laughs> uh, Can so I give what, you some backstory? Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Tell me what's going on. Thank you. In 2017, my parents gifted myself and my husband a down payment for our home. It was very generous. They wanted to bless us. Fast forward to April 2021, we started the baby steps. Now we're on baby step four and six. In December 2021, my grandmother passed away and left me some money. My mother, who's the executor of the estate, asked me what I want to do with the money. I told her my husband and I would like to use the money to complete baby step six to pay off our mortgage. She told me she wants me to use the money for home repairs and to put into my specific tax advantage retirement accounts. She wants the money to, quote, remain mine in the event of a divorce. She also said that if we pay off the house with this inheritance money, quote, my father's family will have paid for almost the whole thing. Your husband should pay for half. Sounds like, sounds, like a, <laughs> sounds like your mom is a huge fan of your husband. Oh, you know what? And the thing is, she actually loves him so much. Uh-huh. Did your, really is your mom bizarre. divorced? Did she get left? No, my parents are together. I believe my dad was divorced prior to his relationship with my mom, but I, okay. that's, I only know that from a passing conversation that I heard in childhood. I don't know, maybe one day ask your dad that question. That'd be cool to know just where you come from. <laughs> that seems like family 101. Um, okay, let me, let me give some, uh, some insider baseball to our listeners here. Um, so you. Kate is trying to pay off all of her debts, right? Um, so she found herself, did you have credit cards, student loan debt, and all the stuff, owned cars, loans, and all that kind of stuff? We had a car loan okay. and um, a student debt from my husband's doctorate degree, and it is all paid off, and we're so excited. Okay, awesome. Congratulations. Emergency so, fund is done. Sweet. So the average listener um, uh, listening to this, there is a direct correlation 
to your mental well-being and your relational health and even your physical health and this idea of safety and the idea of autonomy. If your body knows you're not safe and the body knows you're not in control of your life, it will cascade stress hormones through you all the time. And we know from genetics and we know from behavioral neurobiology and we know from experiences, people respond in a number of different ways, whether it's anxiety and depression, all these different things to these stress responses, stress response. And one of the chief stressors of our time, and if you look at a map, like a, uh, I'm sorry, a graph, and you were to chart the increase of debt in the United States over the last hundred years, it's, it, Puddle, it, it puts along, puts along, and then it shoots straight up. You could lay over that mental health diagnostics. You could lay over that all different kinds of, of maladies in our culture. And I am convinced, um, in fact, I'm working with some PhD students on a study so I can, pr I, I, so I can prove it. There is a direct correlation, direct causal correlation between the amount you owe on things and your well-being. And the problem is we live in a culture that sells debt as a way of being. It's the air we breathe. It also says that, um, uh, and I don't go down a rabbit hole there. So um, my friend Dave Ramsey's got a plan how to get out of debt, right? And here's how you just do this. And here's how you free yourself and your family. And quite honestly, you really do a lot of work on your mental health and relational health. So that's where Kate finds herself. Um, and so what was, what was the original, like, when you were getting married and your grandmother was going to bless y'all with a house down payment, how much was it? My parents um, gave us a house down payment of $50,000. Okay. So your parents gave you 50 grand. And then what's Correct. the, what's the inheritance that you've received from your grandmother? Um, 166. I've received about half of it due to just estate red tape. I should receive the remaining half ish in about a year or okay. in the next year. Okay. So to the, to the listener, there's going to be a debate between whether do we inherit, I mean, do we invest this money so it grows while at the same time paying mortgage interest rate? And then someone's going to say, but it could grow at 10% and your mortgage is only at 3%. So you're actually, if you pay your mortgage off, you're being stupid because that money could earn 7%. You can earn that gap and blah, blah, blah. Here's what I am hell bent on on this show is solving for freedom, solving for peace. And in my personal life, you can take the 7% and set it on fire as far as I'm concerned because I don't want to owe anybody anything because if I don't owe anybody anything, my body goes, Whew. and most of us, especially our parents and families, have never exhaled because we've always had a car payment or a student loan or a home payment. And that's why people get bananas to pay everything off, even if the math might be different, right? It might work out differently. So you are saying, Kate, I, you and your husband are choosing freedom. Not some Correct, yeah. not some imaginary return in the market that may or may not happen down the road, right? Exactly. Okay. So let me first say, if I was in your seat, your situation, I would do exactly the same thing you're doing. 100% to the letter. Okay. So my advice great. is not mathematical. My advice is, here's what me and my wife would do in our home. And then what I would do is I would spend the next 20 years with no house payment, no car payments, no nothing payments. And you want to talk about wealth accumulation? Sister, it's going to pile up in a wild way. Okay. So here's the bigger boundary issue. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be kind of direct with you. Okay. I don't want to talk bad about people that love you and that you love, but I'm going to be pretty straightforward with you. Is that cool? 
I I appreciate the directions. Thank you, Dr. John. Your mom does not get a vote. Your grandmother did not leave your mom a bunch of money with a few ideas for how she could spend it. She left it to you. And she left it to you because she trusts you. If you were a drug addict, you or you were struggling with addiction, you were struggling with all, whatever, you violated your grandmother's values, she would not have put $166,000 in your pocket and said, I, agree. I trust you, do with what you wish. Now, when it comes to some arbitrary mathematical, whatever she's saying about your husband is dumb. That's just dumb. Um, here's the reality. You've gone all in with this guy. Do y'all have kids? No, we don't. Are you going to have kids someday or no? No, I don't think it's in the cards for us. Okay, so you're not going to have kids. So y'all, it's just ride or die, you too, right? Exactly. And I love him and they've they've known him a long time and they okay. love him too. She's just, she's very concerned about like my personal safety. Yep. And I think she equates this this money being, quote, mine to my safety. Gotcha. And what I would say is when you get married... And this is a very unpopular man. I'm just gonna I'm gonna get all kinds of great YouTube <laughs> comments on this one. I'm telling you, uh, Kate, don't read the comments on when this episode comes out. Um, oh no, sir! If you go all in with somebody and you say I'm gonna get married to you, then your stuff is his stuff, and your cancer diagnosis is y'all's cancer diagnosis, and your inheritance becomes y'all's inheritance, and his debt becomes y'all's debt. Y'all are in this thing together. As a single entity. And when you hedge your relationships, the big one that I get a lot of grief for is having separate checking accounts. Yes, we're going to make humans together. Yes, we're going we're gonna to buy a house together. We're going to do all these things. But I get my money and he gets his money. That's a hedge because I don't fully trust him. And if you're not all in and he's not all in, then your marriage is, is going have, to have a hole in the boat. Right, the only way it works is go all in. And what does that mean? When you go all in, you know what can happen? You can get hurt really, really bad. So I'm also going to be honest with you. There's a chance you pay off this house, and you pay off the mortgage, and y'all pop a bottle of champagne, and he files for divorce the next day. And oh, he, yes, that could happen. Right? That's the, that could happen. It could. It could happen. And I, I said to her in a conversation, I think if that did happen, you know, the next day or in five years, I think the hurt I would have would not be healed by half of 160. Yes. It wouldn't be healed by $83,000. Yes, exactly. Yes, and yes. And I think that's the other important thing to remember here is you've got $83,000. So let's say, take, say he takes half, takes half of your house and half of the retirement and half of the whatever. You're still not starving, right? No. Um, you'll no, still have your needs not. met and you'll have a, a, a place where you can grieve because it would be a mess because... Not because he just took your money, but he took your trust and your soul and all these things that hopefully are never going to happen, right? Right, exactly. But following your mom's logic up the, up the trail, the next step is you need to keep something for you. And the next step is you need to protect yourself because you might get hurt. And the next step is you shouldn't have got married in the first place because that could lead to hurt. And then the next step is you shouldn't even date because dating might open your heart. And when you open your heart, you could get hurt. You see what I'm saying? Like if you follow the logic all the way up, there's nowhere to stop. The only place to stop is all in, right? So the best, sometimes I give advice here on situations that I've not experienced. Um, What I I haven't experienced this, but I'm telling you 100%, if my wife, if, if, 
Uh, both of my grandmothers have passed away. If I had gotten a check for $166,000 from either one of my grandparents, it would have gone directly to paying my house off. End of, exactly. end of story. I feel, I feel very comfortable with the financial part of it. Mm-hmm. It's more just the, the relational part that if and when she asks, what did you do with that? Mm-hmm pile of money. Yeah. So I just, I here's the response. Don't want an ugly situation. Thank you. You don't get to choose the ugly situation. She might. And there's not a lot you can do on this end, except be respectful and treat her with dignity and say, I'm doing what I think is best for me and my family. If she chooses to throw a temper tantrum or chooses to act like a child because she didn't get her way, that's a choice she's made. That's a grenade she's thrown, not you. That makes sense? It does make sense. And so at the end of the day, I think a wise conversation, it sounds like you and your mom have a pretty good relationship. Is that fair? We do. We're close. We okay. talk lots. You know, we have, we have disagreements. We've yeah, had fights, but pretty normal mother-daughter stuff. So don't get sucked into the, this is a math problem conversation because it's not. This is a mom who loves her daughter. And this is a mom who's either experienced it or has friends who's experienced it or watches a lot of, <laughs> you know, late night TV and doesn't, is, doesn't want her daughter to get hurt. And the fact is you went all in, you got married. And so you are vulnerable and your husband's vulnerable and the chance y'all can hurt each other is real. And the chance you can love each other and get something better out of your life than you could have ever imagined is also real. And so I, here's the conversation I would have or let me just be honest. Here's a conversation I have had when me and my parents have had disagreements. You raised a good son and you raised me to be thoughtful and wise and smart and to get seek wise counsel. Trust me with the decision I'm making on my life. And at least in my life, every time my parents have exhaled and said, you're right. Thank you for that. That's very thoughtful and respectful. And I think, I think she might respond well to that. Yeah. And she can give you a hard time. And you can tell her with a smile on your face. If he leaves me and takes half of everything, I will pay for dinner and I will, I will make a cake that says you were right. <laughs> I mean, like, I will, I love, I'll acknowledge it. I love to bake, but I would hope not to bake that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would not be a good one. Um, I do know this is a delicate situation. I do think you are incredibly wise. And I think you are being a great steward of this money. Um, is my, by the way, is my, is, is that what Dave told, said too? Please tell me I'm right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, you good. Keep your job. <laughs> yes. Um, good. That's exactly what Dave and, and Rachel said and what Dave and George said in a previous call. And I, feel, I, again, I feel very comfortable with the financial aspect of the decision. Yeah. It makes sense. I've weighed options, but this is the choice that feels right for myself and my husband. Yeah. So lean into your mom. Tell her, hey, you did a good job. You raised a good, smart, wise daughter. And I realized that marriage can hurt me, hurt me real bad. And marriage can be incredible too. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose freedom this time with this incredible gift. We're choosing freedom. And your gift plus um, grandma's gift gives us incredible freedom. And now me and my husband can um, put all of our money towards um, giving, all of our money towards saving, all of our money towards um, joy in our home and in other people's homes and now we're gonna we're gonna be free and maybe for the first time in a generation we're gonna be free we're gonna be free we're gonna be free and um man what a blessing it's pretty cool uh man i hope i have great daughters like you i really do we'll be right back 
This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest, right? Like a deep secret that you've never told anyone. Or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, let's go to Lisa in Hilton Head, back to South Carolina in the South. Hey, Lisa, what's up? Hi, how are you? Good. Sorry, I don't know how to work the phones. I'm figuring it out. That's okay. I don't know how this That's job okay. works. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> Good, good. We have a college freshman, a rising college freshman, who is due to move into his dorm in literally two weeks and has recently come to us and said he is not sure he is ready to go to college yet and would maybe possibly like to take a semester to a year off and work instead. Hmm. Um, a little background about him is he's had a full-time job since he graduated from high school and has loved working. He loves he loves working full-time. He loves making money. He's also um, a kid that doesn't like changes. So he's always had to be nudged a little to take risks and do new things. And um, I guess my question is, my husband and I really value education. And we we know that it's much more than just a degree. It's learning to live on your own, learning to live in a dorm with other people. Um, and we want him not to miss out on that experience. Um, but I guess we want to know how to support him to make a good decision without pushing him in one direction or the other. I love this question, Lisa. So one, thanks for caring enough about your son to be thinking this way. And two, thanks for calling and asking. Um, mm -hmm. I often marvel at my parents. I tried to quit high school athletics when I was a freshman and they said, no, they wouldn't let me quit. And I got all been out of shape and blah, blah, ended up being the greatest decision ever. Things mm -hmm. I did this morning in my, like the exercises I did this morning, um, the seeds were planted back when I was in high school and right. my little brother quit when he was a freshman. They let mm -hmm. him. I got so mad. I was, I think I was in college. I think I was a freshman <laughs> in college. I was like, you're letting him quit. It's ridiculous. He was a different kid with different experiences right. and different, right. And they somehow knew the difference and it was the great, right, right decision for him. And mm -hmm. so, um, and he was working out this morning in the gym too. And we, right. So all I have to say is this, that's a great intuitive question. Um, just my gut reaction, having worked with countless college students and countless college parents, my gut reaction to this situation right now is 
send him uh-huh. and say, um, we're going to give you an off-ramp if you want it. Right. Okay. Um, there's something about, um, I'm doing this with my daughter now. Um, she would prefer, she was a COVID kid, right? So her right. formative years, um, preschool, kindergarten was all at home and masked up. And so now the world's back open and it's like, hey, you got to take do an instrument and you're going to have to do jujitsu or a sport. And she's like, I'd rather just sit at home and color. And so mm-hmm. like, right. And so I have to say, okay, do this. But in th- three, three months, we're going to give it 90 days. And then if you're done, you're done. And I'm good with that. But I want you to try new things. Of course, she went to her first piano lesson and loved every set, right? So I think you are right to say, um, we totally hear you. We're going to make you a deal. We're not going to hold it over your head and we're not going to go bananas if you go for one semester and say, I'm out. I can't do this. Um, We'll check in with you. We'll drive down to wherever school is for um, in one month and 30 days and we'll take you out to dinner and we're going to get a pulse on how things are going. Right. And maybe some, some notes on the calendar along the way that give him some landmarks right? Mm-hmm. Um, that might be real helpful. And maybe he has to do a couple of things. You're going to have to get involved in one, one group. Like you right. have to do one thing, right? With one group of wackadoo college students. Um, right. You can't just go in your room and play Halo and then in, at, in September say you hate it and you want to come home. Right, uh, right. Maybe he's got to yeah, get a job told or something. College, college is what you make it. So you can make it great and get involved and get out of your comfort zone some and do things. Um, and they, you'll look back on those, and those will be the greatest experiences that you ever had. But you wouldn't have had them had you not pushed yourself. So, but, but let me let me um, let me catch you on two things. It was your greatest experience ever, and it right. might be miserable for him. So we have to True. hold that loosely, right? Um, sure. Going to big crazy concerts with the crowd is all chaotic. Those are some of my most formative, wonderful memories. My son doesn't uh-huh. like it. Doesn't like it that much. And I keep right. saying, yeah, but if you just go do it and finally it's like, oh no, he's a different, right? Does that make sense? So that your experience, yes. it was the most formative, incredible. And you see other kids have it. That doesn't mean it's his. Um, the uh-huh. other thing is, um, it's college is going to be what you make of it is a really intimidating um, layout. Of, uh, sure. uh, it's an intimidating landscape to someone who's had their school lives curated, their home lives curated, their work lives curated. They've never had right. to make it. They don't have that skill. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's right. like putting somebody in the batter's box of a major league picture and saying, just swing the bat. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. that ball's coming right. 90 miles right. an hour. I don't know what to do with that, right? So it yeah. can feel very much that way. So when we say it's, it's going to be what you make of it, I, going back to what I said earlier, break it down. Once you get involved uh-huh. in one group, right. I want you to, um, I'm going to put a little bit extra money in your account and I want you once a week, you and your roommate, just go hang out. Go to dinner on mm-hmm. me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In October, by October one, you need to have a job, a part-time job somewhere in the community. And yeah. let's, right, let's let's get involved with the film club, get involved with the drama club, get involved with the right. intramurals or whatever. You got to do one thing. Sure. And right. that's different than it's going to be what you make of it. I don't even know what that means, right? Right. Okay, that's good advice. As Thank a high you. school kid, uh, everything, I was all about making it. I, I was just all about, it is going to be what I make of it. I knew what that meant. Um, right. Other people that I love didn't, don't have the skills for that. And it's, it's fine. I didn't have skills for sitting down and studying and paying attention. Um, I was too busy uh, having it be what I made of it. <laughs> right, right. Right. <laughs> um, exactly. Here's a, the, the, you said something earlier that oh, it's going to be hard for you and your husband. And this is tough. You two value education in a major way. 
right. value education. I spent my life doing it. My wife is a life a lifelong educator. Um, mm-hmm. My son, here's here's how much we value it. Our son told us for uh, I don't never mind. I don't want to say private stuff. <laughs> I can just say I looked at my wife and I was like, "This is what happens when nerds raise nerds, right?" Um, <laughs> we value education. I also right. have to know that my son may come to me one day and say, I want to be a diesel mechanic. I'm going to be the best damn diesel mechanic that's ever list- existed. And right. I'm going to take him out to dinner and say, awesome. Right. And I have pictures of him playing Frisbee on the lawn at Stanford. <laughs> the chances mm-hmm. of that happening are very slim. Right? Sure, right. Um, right. And it won't be intellectual. It won't be like his his brain capacity. It's going to be what his life wants to look like. Um, so you guys value it very, very much. I would say it might look different. It Education just simply looks different in many corners of the world this day, these days. So don't hold your son hostage to your dreams or you, more so mm-hmm. your picture of what you think his life is going to look like. Right. Does that make right. sense? And that's so hard. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, it is hard because you want them, of course you want the best for them. You want them to, to, do well and be successful in whatever that looks like, yeah. whether it's working or college or, or what have you. But, um, but here, yeah, here, here's the thing hard. though, parents, we, we don't get credit for this. Um, and I think I've talked about this on the show here. One of the, uh, if you had to have me distill down one of the top two or three moments, I've been most proud of my son. He came to me and my wife at Christmas last year and mm-hmm. said, I need to have a family conversation. I think I mentioned on the show, I was like thinking in my head, are you already smoking? Like, really? You're 12, right? <laughs> and he sat us down, me and my wife, and he said, I would like to ask to not play baseball this spring, but instead I want to I want to be in the school play. I want to do theater. Oh, good. And yes, I, I did theater in college. My whole career is based on on acting and theater. Like I, I was like, yes. And uh-huh. my granddad played baseball. My dad played baseball. I played baseball. Right. And it hit me. Oh, crap. This is going to be the first spring. We don't do baseball. Like a Deloney guys. Baseball. Right. And so I had to, ha- I had, for, without even thinking about it, I had created yeah. a world where this is what our life is going to look like. And mm-hmm. my 12 year old son bravely sat down and said, I want it to look so- like something different. And so it's both and. I, as a parent, get to grieve the fact that it's, I had a picture and it's going to be different. Right. I get that. If your son says, does a semester in college and he's, and he makes straight C's and he said, guys, it, right now I'm 18. Mm-hmm. This isn't it for me. I want to go to mechanics. Does he have something else in mind that he wants to do? Well, he, he, his passion is film okay. and writing scripts and, um, doing, uh, like editing. Awesome. And there is a, there is a school out of state, much more out of our budget. Mm-hmm. And so, that's not really an option right now. Right. It could be down the road if he wants to work and match the sure. you know remaining portion to be able to go there. Um, but to be able to go there immediately out of high school was not going to be an option. And I um, think there is some immense value um, in like a screenwriter's got to learn how to write first, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a videographer often has to learn what a story is and what an arc is and take right. a psychology class and a counseling class and be around wackadoo people and how to manage mm-hmm. artists, and, right? All those things. So I would tell you, and by the way, you can't afford it. So that is what it is. Right, um, right. I think there's a way 
whether there's a film major or a way to be involved in that to get into your local theater program. There's a way to get into your local fill in the blanks, right? Right. There's a way to get that experience while also getting your feet underneath you as a freshman in college, right? Right. So it's not an either or is what I'm saying. Um, Yes. And it sounds like, based on what you told me about him, it sounds like he's just getting really cold feet and he's got got another idea. Right, right. Yes. I think, I think the fact that he's enjoyed working and the fact that he likes making money and he knows what his goal is as far as careers down the road, he's kind of thought, well, I don't want to waste your money and go into this school when maybe I should just go and save my money until I can go to the other school. But we told him, you know, get your degree or at least get two years under your belt mm-hmm. at the in-state you know, more affordable school, right. and then you can reevaluate, you know, from there. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm a big so. believer, and I, I get some pushback on this. I, I got colleagues that disagree with me, and that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, I don't believe in the phrase, those uh, that education was wasted. Right. Um, people often tell me, like, I was so stupid. I got a degree in teaching, and now I do this. It was such a waste. And I tell them, it mm-hmm. was not a waste. Right. I agree a hundred percent with that. Yes. Even if it was finding out, if you, if you told somebody, Hey, it's going to cost you this much money to find out something that you never, ever, ever want to be a part of. <laughs> and sometimes that's a good investment, right? Right. Um, sure. Cause I yeah. spent a lot of money chasing things that I'm like, oh, I wish I'd, I wasn't doing that. All I have to say is right. often the idea of that was a waste of time. That was a waste of money is a, is a frame of mind. Right. My first PhD in education was absolutely, I'm not doing it. I'm not using it at all. And it was one Mm -hmm. of the most valuable experiences of my life. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's It's just, it's it's essentially priceless. You're exactly right. Right. But I could also say, oh, what a waste of time. What a waste of money. That was so stupid. It wasn't. Um, right. But I'm not, I'm not technically using it, but I'm using it every second of every day, right? All I have to say is exactly. you know that. I'm just I'm, – that's more for the listener. Um, right. And I do have a immense bias towards education. I do. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a truth there. So you're calling me – ask my opinion. I am biased. Um, I also right. have worked with thousands of 18-year-olds. And, man, they get nervous. And they get scared. Mm-hmm. And they think, mm-hmm. uh, um, Right. And I think – Parental wisdom, especially not de- parental insane demands and parental, right. you're going to be a lawyer because it's going to make me feel, right? That's not what you're doing. Yeah. You're no, saying, no. I know my kid, you need to go ahead and do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that's love. Well, that's great advice. With, yes. with a, um, circling back to the very beginning, let's put some markers on a piece of paper. We're going to come mm-hmm. visit you on this day and this day and this day. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to let mm-hmm. us know a group you've joined by this day. Right. Um, if you are in the film club or in the theater department mm-hmm. or whatever, we're going to come see you, um, whatever mm-hmm. productions you do. Um, right. and you and your husband like, Hey, we got a budget for this and figure this out because we're going to go be involved yeah. here. And you yeah. come home at Christmas and sit down and write us a three page essay on why this isn't for you. We're going to read it gotcha. and we're taking you out to a fancy dinner and then we're going to go look at other schools. We're going to go look at other things. Perfect. Does that make sense? That's a perfect plan. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that oh, advice. You're so great, Lisa. Your son's, wisdom. I appreciate it. He is lucky, lucky to have you. Parents, all, all parents listening, it is so okay. It's not a, it matters okay. It's right. It's good to have a vision, a picture of your kid's life. 
It's also good and right to say, I know you don't quote unquote feel like doing this. I'm your parent. This is what we're doing right now. And it's also wise and good to give your kids choices and options and exit strategies. We often make them either or. Either I go to film school or I do this. Uh, I want you to try this. I want you to practice this. I want you to lean into this. Be curious about this. I'm going to foot the bill. I'm going to help out. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to high five you. We're going to throw a party and then we're going to turn left. And if that don't work, we're going to turn right. But I want you to have these experiences and I'm your parent and that's my job is to be wise and to continue to speak into your life. There's a reason why culturally all across the world, there's not a mad release of 18 year olds into the world. There is mandatory military service. There is additional education. There is a, a time, a natural time when there is, begins to be a separation where somebody begins to find their adult footing. It doesn't have to be college. It doesn't have to be a four-year university. It doesn't have to be an Ivy League school. Absolutely not. Um, it can be a, I'm taking a year and in this year, I'm just going to work, man. I'm 18. I'm just going to work at McDonald's. I'm just going to work down the street. And I'm going to get my feet under me. I'm going to learn some skills. I'm going to learn some tasks. And mom and dad, I'm going to be hyper-intentional. We're going to go to lunch once a week, and we're going to just talk about how you're developing and growing. We're going to read some books together. We're going to do some developmental things. Or you're going straight to the military. You're going to learn some discipline. You're going to learn under the wisdom and tutelage and experiences of other adults in your life. But this idea that you turn 18 and you're free to run the world, it's not safe, it's not smart, and it doesn't make any sense. And culturally, for bajillions of years, we've, we've understood this innately. And over the last 15, 20 years, we've just said, hey, do whatever you want to, whatever feels good. And this also works in reverse, by the way. Some kid says, I'm going to MIT, I'm going to MIT, I'm going to MIT. There comes a moment as a parent and you look at your kid and say, I know you, you're not. Or if you want to pay for it, you can walk out the front door. I can't keep you from doing it, but it's not wise for you. The wisest choice for you is X and Y. And there's all these stories of the kids that are like, I'm doing it anyway. And they go on and start a company and make a billion dollars. There's a million of those. I've sat with, there's a few of those. I've sat with countless folks, countless over the years in my office, behind closed doors, heartbroken young people, heartbroken parents who tried to force a thing that wasn't forcible. All I'd say is be intentional with your kid, have them try things, and also give them off ramps. Most importantly, be intentional, be intentional, be intentional. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me, and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, thanks for being with us. Uh, man, Ike just walked in. Ike's one of the best guitarists I've ever seen. I've never actually seen him that I, that I know. But secretly, he's a shredder. But man, his favorite band ever is Good Charlotte. He loves them. He knows all the Good Charlotte songs. I don't think that's true. Uh, but we're going to go with it just as a, as a crew. Um, and his favorite uh, Good Charlotte song, he actually has this tattooed on his chest. It just If, you, if he takes his shirt off, which he does all the time, just right across the top of it, it says the anthem. So this is his favorite song tattooed on his body. The song's the anthem, and it goes like this. It's a new day, but it feels old, and it's a good life. That's what I'm told. 
but everything, it all just feels the same. At my high school, it felt more to me like a jail cell, a penitentiary. My time spent there only made me see that I don't ever wanna be like you. I don't wanna do the things you do. I'm never gonna hear the words you say, and I don't ever wanna. I don't ever wanna be like you. Don't wanna be just like you. What I'm saying is, this is the anthem. Throw all your hands up. You, I don't wanna be you. It's kinda heavy. I didn't expect that coming. I thought Good Charlotte was like a happy band. We'll see you soon.